1: and iHeartRadio, as well as
0: otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly75. Man, uh, what's happening? If I sound good, give me a, a, a test or give me a one or a thumbs. Be like, you sound good, Sly. You sound good, Sly. (laughs) Loud and clear. What the hell is going on? What is about to be? (laughs) Yo, please do the dark side of these praise musicians. Oh, yeah, praise. You know what? I got you. I got you. I sound good. Word, word. Word, that's what's up. Yeah, glad to see everybody. Man, listen. This is why I'm able to separate the music from the geniusness or the, no, separate the music from the deviancy. All the greats are deviants. It just is. They wouldn't be great without the deviant behavior, okay? The average person is not willing to tap into that deviant side of them to be great. Okay? It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. My man J8, yeah. Conspiracy, yeah. Yeah, 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 listen. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go in on Marvin Gaye tonight. Woof, uh, Yeah, we're going to go in. Okay. Uh, before I do that, is there anything I, I need to cover? I mean, there's so, so much that has transpired since I've been... Um, away, but, um, you know, yeah, I look rough. I'm a shave. Don't worry. I'm gonna knock all this shit off. I'm a shave. Not, not to worry. So, um, you know what? Let's just get right to it. Let's get right to it. Let's get to Marvin Gaye, the dark side of Marvin Gaye sideways. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, let me find the article. This is horrible, horrible. We're going to read this thing together. Okay. We're going to read this thing together. Yes. We're going to smoke this Marvin gay pack. We're going to smoke this Marvin gay pack as we should. Okay. As we should. All right. Okay. Let, let's go ahead and go in. Let's do this. Not gonna waste time. No monologues, no fluff. Let's get right into it. You ready? okay all together now all right let's see this was written by david Krychek. okay okay let's see where do i start here all right Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm okay now let's start here okay you ready the slain 20 years ago, this spring was the climax of a long, festering, pathological relationship between the troubled, drug-addled soul singer and his oddball father. Their relationship featured violence, competition, humiliation, rancor, and hate. They had argued and fought most of their lives, perhaps because they were too much alike to ever hope to get along. Each was deeply conflicted. Marvin Sr. was a terminally out-of-work fundamentalist preacher who ran it against the sins of indulgence. Yet he was an avid consumer of vodka and a zealous cross-dresser. Like his dad, Marvin Jr. was a contradictory character made made up of equal parts hubris and self-loathing, boundless egomania, and debilitating insecurities. He consumed prodigious amounts of cocaine and as a result spent his life in debt Despite earning millions. How much have I spent in toot over the years? Gay muse a few years before his death. I don't want to know. Enough to certify me as a fool. You'd have to call me a drug addict and a sex freak. Sex was another of gay's singular contradictions. Let's go. Let's continue. Marketed as Motown's lover man. He was a misogynist who beat the women he professed to love a trait he inherited from his father. He sang ballads and duets about soulful romance, yet forced his lovers into degrading and kinky acts that satisfied his sadism and voyeurism. The dark side of life and the dark side of the mind really fascinated him. Janice Hunter Gay's second wife told biographer Steve Turner, there was stuff that I can't even talk about that just went so deep so dark and so bizarre forbidden dangerous scary off the wall ways of thinking and behaving gay had barred hunter from pursuing her dream of becoming a singer i'm the last of the great chauvinists he told david ritz i like to see women serve me and that's that in jan's case serving me meant feeding my fantasies my evil fantasies gay was a chronic masturbator and connoisseur of pornography he struggled with fear of flying stage fright impotence and other forms of sexual dysfunction paranoia irrational jealousies and homophobia he was envious of men who sang in lower registers than he could because he feared his voice would seem effeminate by comparison growing up kids teased him about his sissy father Marvin Pence Gay, Sr. Marvin Jr. added the E to his stage name as a teenager. At his father's insistence, Marvin Jr. spent the first third of his life suppressing all urges to indulge in secular vices. Once freed of his father's rule, he spent the final two-thirds of his life indulging every vice that struck his fancy yes Marvin Sr. shot and killed Marvin Jr. on April 1st 1984 but their story is much more than a domestic dispute as old school cops might call it before we continue let me check in on everybody everybody's good yes (laughs) everybody's good hey there's the world traveler alright just checking in on y'all before I go back into this (laughs) into this, this shit show let's get back to it alright chapter 3 Marvin Gaye Sr. was born in 1914 the third of 13 children of poor farm parents in Jessamine County Kentucky south of Lexington it was an abusive household with father George Gay frequently beating his wife Mamie what is it with black women named Mamie you know who's, who else was, was mom was named Mamie it was Emmett Till Emmett Till's mama name was Mamie. So I guess Mamie was a popular name down south. Okay, okay, enough said, enough said. We were all frightened of him, Marvin Sr.'s brother Howard Gay told Travis Hunter. When you're five or six years old, you don't know what to do when your mother is being beaten and there's hollering and crying going on. After failing to scratch out a farm living, George Gay moved his brood to Lexington in 1919. A few years later, Mamie Gay began attending a storefront church in the city affiliated with a religious sect with a comically long name, the House of God, the Holy Church of the Living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth, the house of prayer for all people. When Mamie Gay took up the faith, her son Marvin followed and became the family's enthusiastic believer. Many believe Marvin Jr.'s troubles had psychological roots in both family violence and this peculiar fringe faith. The House of God, founded by R.A.R. R. Johnson, mixes elements of Orthodox Judaism with Pentecostal Christianity. Adherents maintain Saturday Sabbath and observe Old Testament prohibitions against pork and shellfish. They ignore Christmas but stock up on matzots for Passover. Hmm. The sex leader, the chief apostle, wears a mitre, hat adorned with the Star of David, women attend services wearing all white clothing during services congregants practice tarrying repeating the phrase thank you jesus as a mantra until the holy spirit visits and sets them speaking in tongues in 1934 marvin senior moved to washington dc as a house of god preacher there he met alberta cooper born near rocky mount north carolina she had been shipped north to avoid a hometown scandal when she turned up pregnant. That's how they did it in the old school. You end up pregnant. You go north. Or you go south. <laughs> you go south for about nine months. <laughs> Marvin Gaye married Alberta in July of 1935. But he refused to raise her love child. And the infant was turned over to his sister. Marvin and, and Alberta had four children. Jean in 1937. Marvin Jr. on April 2nd 1939. Frankie in 1942. And Ziola known as Sweetie in 1945. oh. You know that weird feeling when the AC comes on and the, the the air induction forces a door to close and you're trying to figure out if that was the AC with the air force induction or a spirit making its presence known okay okay let's go marvin senior led a storefront church congregation although the family's tiny following could not support its preacher the gay family lived in subsidized housing and survived on alberta's income as a maid in 1950 marvin senior was a candidate for chief apostle of the house of god when the job went to another man gay uh, gay abandoned the church he worked sporadically part-time as a postal clerk for western union in washington but he would never hold another full-time job. Jean Gay estimated her father worked just three years cumulatively after leaving the church. Hmm. His endless idle time allowed Marvin Gay Sr. to focus on his children. Although he had given up the house of God, he pressed its many prohibitions on his family. He forbade athletics, dancing, movies, television, and popular music. His daughters were not allowed to wear sleeveless dresses, nylons lipstick nail polish or open-toed shoes he forced his children to observe an extended sabbath from friday afternoon until midday sunday he drilled them on biblical passages and administered beatings for incorrect answers all four gay children were bedwetters and this too prompted beatings Mm -hmm. living with father was something like living with a king a very peculiar changeable cruel and all-powerful king Marvin Gaye told biographer Ritz you were supposed to tiptoe around his moods you were supposed to do anything to win his favor I never did even though winning his love was the ultimate goal of my childhood I defied him I hated his attitude if it wasn't for mother who was always there to console me and praise my singing I think I would have been one of those child suicide you read about in the papers Marvin Jr. bore the brunt of the abuse he could be provoked for the most picking offenses when he used his hairbrush or came home 15 minutes late from school. Alberta Gay said, my husband never wanted Marvin and he never liked him. He used to say that he didn't think he really was his child. I told him that was nonsense. He knew Marvin was his, but for some reason he didn't love Marvin. And what's worse, he didn't want me to love Marvin either. Marvin wasn't very old before he understood that. Gene Gay said from the time he was seven until he became a teenager, Marvin's life at home consisted of a series of brutal whippings. Mm, mm, mm. This is horrific. What's going on in chat? I'm checking the chat. Hey, listen, you bring your religion into your home. <laughs> the religion is the worst. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Uh, it wasn't simply that my father beat me, though that was bad enough he say, boy, you're going to get a whipping. Then he'd tell me to take off my clothes and send me to the bedroom. It wouldn't have been so awful if he had hit me right away, but father liked mind games. He'd play with me. He'd make me wait an hour or even more, all the while jangling the, his belt buckle loud enough so I could hear. When he finally struck me, I knew children know these things, that something inside him was enjoying the whole thing. Marvin Sr. was the antithesis of the macho stereotype of an abusive man. He was trim and effeminate and often dressed in women's blouses and wigs. As Marvin Jr. told Ritz, my father likes to wear women's clothing. To tell you the truth, I have the same fascination with women's clothes. In my case, that has nothing to do with any attraction for men. Sexually, men don't interest me. But seeing myself as a woman is something that intrigues me. It's also something I fear. I indulge myself only at the most discreet and intimate moments. Afterward, I must bear the guilt and shame for weeks. The writer asked Alberta whether her husband was homosexual. I'm not certain, she said. I do know that five of his siblings were homosexual. And it's true that he liked soft clothing. He liked to wear my panties, my shoes, my gowns, even my nylon hose. Lord have mercy. What the hell is going on in this household? Let's continue. As a preteen, Marvin Jr. began to take refuge from his father at a piano that sat in the family's living room. Marvin Sr. was a passable, self-taught pianist. Uh, The father encouraged encouraged Marvin to play as long as he stuck with religious music. Marvin Jr. proved to be a natural musician. Yes, I said musician. Y'all say musician. I say musician. Let's continue. He would never learn to read music, but he could play any tune by ear, including the blues and popular ballads when his father was away. At Cardozo High School, Marvin Jr. fell in with a clique of musically talented teens, and they formed a combo, the D.C. Tones. Marvin played piano and drums. No one knew he could sing. The boys would take a bus to the Howard Theater and buy cheap seats to see touring rhythm and blues artists like James Brown, Jackie Wilson, Sam Cooke, and Little Willie John. Secretly, Marvin favored the style of the white crooners like Dean Martin, Perry Como, and Frank Sinatra. His pals leaned or learned he could sing one day when they caught him delivering a dead-on copy of Johnny Ray's Cry. His growing interest in secular music led to new conflicts at home, and by age 18, the son had, had, had enough. He dropped out of 11th grade and joined the Air Force, but he soon learned that joining the military to escape a harsh authority figure was no solution, especially when he found himself peeling potatoes, not flying jet airplanes as he had hoped. As he put it, I was completely unprepared and found it impossible to take orders from pompous assholes with nothing better to do than humiliate me. He was in the Air Force just long enough to lose his virginity to a hooker. He feigned mental illness and got an honorable discharge with his this proviso, Marvin Gaye cannot adjust to their regimentation and authority. This is crazy. What y'all saying in the chat? Man, listen. Don't let Ari Aster and A Twenty Four get up. Yo, they would kill it. They would kill a, uh, a Marvin Gaye biopic. A24 makes excellent movies. Let's continue. Doo-wop was the rage when Marvin returned to Washington and the DC Tones retooled as the Marquise, a vocal harmony group with the surname tweaked Marvin Gay as lead tenor. The group played teen gigs, sock hops, and battles of the band. At one show, they caught the eye of Bo Diddley, a Washington-based musician, musician, who was gaining a national reputation with his unique percussive guitar sound. Diddley was enthused by the marquee's smooth vocals, and he offered to produce their first record, a two-sided single of Hey Little School Girl and Wyatt Earp, recorded in New York with Diddley's backup band. In 1958, Diddley was doing a show with the Moonglows, a Chicago-based chess records act that had a series of R&B hits, including Sincerely, Harvey Fuqua, the leader, mentioned he was auditioning for a new lead tenor. Diddley encouraged Fuqua to consider gay, fuqua listened to the marquise on his next trip through washington and promptly hired gay as his bandmates to replace the moon glows gay left washington for chicago where he sang backup on chess records for etta james and chuck berry when he wasn't touring with the Moonglows, he sang lead on one minor moon glows hit mamalooch i didn't know not i know this like it, man just killing it all right Meanwhile, Fuqua, an astute businessman, was hip to the burgeoning sound in Detroit that he reckoned might supplant doo-wop. Fuqua was acquainted with the uh, key figures in that scene, the Gordy family, with parents who had prospered in the nightclub and real estate businesses. In 1960, Fuqua took Marvin Gaye, his musical prodigy, to Detroit to meet the Gordys and their ambitious children. Dun, dun, dun. Barry Gordy Jr., a high school dropout, had reinvented himself several times. He was a Korean War veteran, an ex-prize fighter, an ex-autoworker, a record store owner, and a successful songwriter. Jeez. Gordy had a knack for blending rock and roll, gospel, and rhythm and blues into catchy tunes, and black dance music that white kids would buy. As he famously put it, he used proceeds from Lonely Teardrops, which he co-wrote for Jackie Wilson to form the Motown Record Corporation, Whose labels included Anna Records, named for his sister Anna Gordy. So that the kind of the, the breadcrumbs all line up. <laughs> the Gordy surrounded themselves with Detroit's best musicians, songwriters, and producers, and Motown began cranking out records at a studio called Hitsville USA. Its first stop, uh, its first hit shop around, recorded by the Miracles and rec- uh, written by Gordy and Smokey Robinson, came in 1961. Marvin Gaye insulated himself, uh, or insinuated himself into Motown soon after he arrived in Detroit. Yes, Barry Gordy recognized Gay as a talent, but the 20-year-old earned his position as Prince of Motown when Anna Gordy fell in love with him. They were married in January of 1961. Gay played, co-wrote, played percussion, and sang backup on a number of Motown hits. But he fashioned himself a jazz balladeer a la Nat King Cole. And his signature look included a crew neck shirt and cardigan sweater like a black Perry Como. Gay's first Motown LP, The Soulful Moods of Marvin Gaye, included covers of My Funny Valentine, Love for Sale, and How High the, the Moon. It flopped on the early Motown review bus tours. He sang What Kind of Fool Am I? and Days of Wine and Roses, while the audience sat on its hands. In 1962, Gordy convinced Gay to record his first R&B style tune, Stubborn Kind of Fellow. It became a top 10 hit. Over a 10 month period, he used the same soulful style of screams and high register singing on a series of hits, including Hitchhike, Pride and Joy, and Can I Get a Witness? Yet Gay continued to flog the ballad material. A 1964 album of ballads included covers of I'll Be Around and I've Grown Accustomed to Your Face. A 1965 Cold Tribute record included Ramblin' Rose and Mona Lisa. A 1965 recording of Broadway show tunes included People and Hello Dolly. Those LPs gathered gathered dust while his R&B recordings flew off record shelves. Gay finally gave in 1964. He began a marketing, a remarkable six-year stretch that kept him at the top of the radio playlist with tunes such as How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, I'll Be Doggone, Ain't That Peculiar, and It Takes Two with Kim Weston. And here we go. In 1967 and 68, he teamed with Tammy Terrell, a well-traveled R&B backup singer for a stunning run of hits ain't no mountain high enough your precious love if i could build my whole world around you ain't nothing like the real thing and you're all i need to get by in october 1968 he had his biggest hit with a cover of i heard it through the grapevine which remarkably had been a top five record the year before gladys knight he followed that with too busy thinking about my baby and that's the way love is by 1970 gay was fed up with what he called silly love songs informed by his brother's experience in vietnam and social unrest in america gay went to work on an lp that would become his seminal musical statement in may of 1971 motown released gay's what's going on a complex concept album whose topics include war the ecology racism poverty faith and political and social corruption its hit singles were what's going on mercy mercy me and inner city blues As author Ben Edmonds wrote, Marvin's new kind of soul music came from the soul itself. Marvin's question, what's going on, was to black music and what Bob Dylan's, how does it feel, had to been rock and roll's A Half Decade Earlier. Gay signed a $1 million record deal with Motown. He gave his father a gift of a new Cadillac. A writer asked whether his father was grateful. Gay said dryly, not especially. Let's continue. Oh, let me see where where I'm at. Okay, here we go. What's going on earned the artist unprecedented levels of acclaim, including a key to the city of Washington and a national award from the NAACP. Marvin Gaye was on top of the musical world, but that was not high enough for him. Gaye's ego swelled. He went so far as to place himself in God's company in an interview with Time magazine. God and I traveled together with righteousness and goodness. If people want to follow along, they can. He told Crawdaddy magazine, I don't compare myself to Beethoven. I must make that clear. I just think I'm capable of all he was capable of. I think me and Beethoven is time. Beethoven had it from the beginning. I'm acquiring it. It's going to take me time because I don't have formal training. He bragged he was working on a two-movement symphony. His classical masterwork would never materialize. After writing music for Trouble Man, a exploitation film, gay tobiographer biographer, Witt Ritz. No doubt I could have been a Hollywood star, but it was something I consciously rejected. Not that I didn't want it. I most certainly did. I just didn't have the fortitude to play the Hollywood game and put my ass out there like a piece of meat. Perhaps the most curious element of Marvin Gaye's needy personality concerned his delusions of grandeur in athletics. In Detroit, he had befriended Mel Farr and Lim Barney, stars of the Lions NFL team. Gaye decided that he too could be a football star, and he announced that he would try out for the Lions as a wide receiver. Never mind that he was skinny, aging, and unskilled. The Lions played along for the publicity until it became clear that Gaye was serious. The team backed out after considering the potential legal liability. By all accounts, Gay was no better than a middling athlete, yet a 1970s concert program included the bizarre bio blurb. Marvin Gay is a brilliant all-around athlete. He could have been outstanding as a swimmer, sprinter, high jumper, baseball player, football player, or basketball player. He competes on a regular basis against named performers in all these sports. The bio compared Gay's swimming abilities to Mark Spitz, the best swimmer in the world in that era. Gay played golf in 19, in the 1960s with Motown click that included Smokey Robinson, Barry Gordy Jr., both accomplished golfers. The other said Gay always finished last in his foursome, even though he cheated. <laughs> that is funny. Let's continue. While Gay had built a musical persona as the ultimate lover, his real life love, his real love life was a wreck. His April-November marriage to Anna Gordy had been tempestuous from the start and included physical violence. Marvin said, we came to blows on more than one occasion, and I'm going to tell you something. Anna could hold her own. The couple had failed to conceive a child, so in 1965, they had faked a pregnancy with Anna wearing maternity clothes and Marvin bragging about the upcoming birth. On her due date, they adopted a son they named Marvin III. The ruse was planned by Marvin, apparently shamed by the lack of manliness that adoption might imply. Anna and Marvin split up frequently and both had many lovers during their decade together. Marvin had been indulging himself in pornography and had a recurring sexual fantasy about a promiscuous young woman who took on many lovers while he watched. According to Motown legend, Marvin was in the studio recording the title track to his 1973, Let's Get It On, when a teenager named Janice Hunter walked into the control room. Janice was an aspiring singer, and she had begged her father, a co-producer of the record, to introduce her to Gay. Marvin said it was lust at first sight. Hunter said, was the figure, he said, was the figure in my fantasy come to life? He said he recorded Let's Get It On while looking into, oof, in young Hunter's eyes, and they got it on. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, man, that cuck shit. Yay, hey, listen, man, listen, <laughs> listen, man. <laughs> Hey, everybody got a kink, right? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Although he was 33 and Janice 16, the girl's mother encouraged the relationship, Gay said. The lovers holed up in a mountainside cabin in Topanga Canyon, California. She soon was pregnant and Nona Gay arrived in September 1974. My first feeling was one of joy and happiness, Gay said. Naturally, still being married to Anna, things were a little complicated, but I've learned over the years that sometimes complications are best handled when they're ignored. Another child, Frankie, was born 14 months later. Anna and Marvin divorced in 1977, and he married Janice uh, months later. By then, Marvin was using Janice as his voyeurism fantasy dream lover. Oddly, the singer shared details about his kinky sex life with his mother, Alberta. She said Marvin's sexuality had been informed by Anna Gordy Gay. Anna taught Marvin certain tricks. Tricks with her body. Sex tricks that Marvin taught Jan. As with Anna, Marvin's relationship with Janice uh, included physical violence that some view as a sign of self-loathing. As Ro- uh, writer Robert Christgau put it, Gay found himself despising women for doing the kinky things he forced them to do. Yeah. Before she was 21 Janice had been shooed into affairs With a number of singers including Frankie Beverly Oh no No not old man Frankie Beverly Oh no Oh no Oh no Southern girl No not Frankie Beverly Oh Wait wait Rick James and Teddy Pendergrass Christ Almighty, what in the hell? Yes, what in the hell? Oh, this is ter- this is horrible. This is horrible. Let's continue. I did not know all this. Did, did anybody know all this? Did y'all know this? We okay. Okay, Jean Gay said Marvin didn't just ask Jan to fool around, but he become angry at her when she refused to obey and wouldn't tell him the stories of the affairs he wanted her to have. His mother added he wanted Janice to go with other men. Then he'd suffer with the consequences he wanted to suffer. Good grief. By 1973, Gay's behavior had grown increasingly erratic He avoided studio work, missed concert dates, and became a reclusive. Once after an argument with Anna, Gay barricaded himself in an apartment with a gun, threatening to kill himself or anyone who walked through the door. Barry Gordy Sr., his father-in-law, talked him out of violence, but Gay's intimates worried about the possibility of suicide, especially when he was under the influence of narcotics. Gay said he first used drugs in 1960 while on the Motown Review bus tour. He had an affair with a shake dancer in the show known as Titty Tassel Tony, and she turned him on to marijuana. Pot is a quick giggle, Gay told Ritz, but Coke was a different deal. Blow was what really let me fly. There were moments when I really thought I was gone. I'm talking about times, really down times. When I started up so much toot, I was convinced I'd be dead within minutes. I'd rather like the idea of there being nothing left of me, but my music, but cocaine cost money, especially in the quantities he consumed and money had become an increasing source of strife for gay. He had two sources of income touring and record royalties. Gay had hated to tour. It was physically demanding, partly due to his drug use. I do enough drugs in my normal life, he said, but on the road, the quantities tripled. He had persistent performance anxiety throughout his career, and he feared flying. Often, he dragged his mother along on tour for support. He said, if my mother hadn't traveled with me, I'd never have had the nerve to do live performances again. During the 1970s, he toured only to pay off mounting debts, including a $2 million tax bill for failing to give the government its share of record advances. A divorce lawsuit filed by Anna brought new financial pressures after a judge ordered him to pay her $5,500 per month in the interim before settlement. Gay was earning $20,000 a month in 1975 and his production company earned a profit of 1.2 million that year from the singer's national tour. Yet, Gay could not come up with $5,500 a month for his wife and adopted son because he was blowing his cash on cocaine and other indulgences. He bought his parents a Neo Tudor mansion in LA's Crenshaw district. He bought himself a five acre estate in Hidden Hills, complete with full-size basketball court and elaborate horse stables. Even though he had no interest in horses, he bought an interest in the New Orleans Jazz NBA franchise. Interesting. He bought oceanfront property in Jamaica. He bought 14 cars, including a Rolls Royce, a Jaguar, and several Mercedes-Benz. He bought a speedboat, a small yacht, an RV, and a couple of tractors. He bought financial interest in a series of professional boxers, paying their expenses in anticipation of future earnings. None of ever panned out built an elaborate recording studio on Sunset Boulevard in L.A., complete with a suite with a king-sized waterbed and a hot tub large enough to accommodate a harem. After seeking $1 million, Anna Gordy Gay agreed to settle the divorce for a lump sum payment of $600,000, money that Marvin Gay expected to earn by recording an album for that single purpose. The 1978 record uh Cat-Elite entitled Here, My Dear, <laughs> was a critical and commercial flop with its self-centered themes and titles such as Anger, and you can leave, but it's going to cost you. A reference to Anna's warning that the young girl Hunter would cost Gay a fortune. But the payment to Anna was small part, one small part of his debt woes. An ex-manager claimed a Gay owed $2 million. Four musicians had successfully sued Gay for $200,000 in back pay. And California authorities shuttered his studio for non-payment of taxes. His last gasp at regaining financial footing came at September 28, 1979, when a fighter he owned, Andy Price, took on welterweight champion Sugar Ray Leonard. If Price could win, I was looking at millions of dollars in future revenues, Gay said. With one blow, I could clean up my whole financial mess. Leonard knocked out Gay's man in the first round. Okay, okay. Let me check in, let me check in, let me check in. Yes! Yes! tardy how do you say tardy in spanish what what is tardy in spanish what's up with these hey man listen i i can't i can't call it bruh i can't call it uh yes uh marvin Gaye at the age of 33 was dating a 16 year old janice nona gay that's the actress nona gay that's her mother so her mother was underage. when you know what let's continue tardy Lorena S. mucho. Okay, let's continue. A few weeks later, Gay fled to Hawaii for what he later called one long nervous breakdown. For a time, he lived in a van on the beach. When he, when he ran out of money, he begged his mother to not, or to hawk diamonds he had given her and send him the cash for toot. He also begged money from pals Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, And Wally Amos, the cookie maker. Wow. Famous Amos cookies. I'd given up, he told Rich. The problems were too big for me. I just wanted to be left alone to blow my brains away with high octane too. It would be a slow but relatively pleasant death, certainly less messy than a gun. He said at one point he started an ounce of coke in an hour, then called his mother to say goodbye, certain he would die of an overdose. He didn't. Janice, his newly estranged second wife, went to try to bring Gay down to Earth, but their reunion became another bout of physical abuse, this time featuring a knife, which he held at her heart. Gay said, I wanted to kill her. I almost did. I wanted to kill myself, but I didn't have the guts. Good grief. After nine months, he returned to L.A. to find his financial problems intact. He reluctantly agreed to a concert tour in Europe in 1981, then stayed abroad three years to avoid the IRS back home. He took up with Eugene Viss, a blonde groupie he bedded after a concert in Amsterdam. Viss had had expected romantic lovemaking from the sex symbol singer. Instead, she said, gay made love without any feelings of warmth, then went impotent. When she cried over his lack of romance this told author Turner that gay introduced her to group sex and voyeurism she said he liked to be the master he also liked to experiment once he had a whip and he played with it another time he asked me to sleep with some other women because he wanted to see that but he never hurt me or let himself get out of control While he was abroad, Motown released its final Gay recording of new material in our lifetime. The company had pressured him to produce the record for years, but Gay had dallied. The label finally issued the record without the singer's approval, and he was furious. I hadn't completed it, he said. Can you imagine saying to an artist, Hey, say Picasso, you've been fooling with this picture long enough. His relationship with Motown was irreparably damaged, and in 1982, the label sold his contract to CBS Records. Mm. gay had begun freebasing cocaine in europe his indulgent lifestyle had become so over the top that he openly smoked the drug during a series of interviews he gave to promote the new motown record during an interview with blues and soul magazine a writer asked gay how he wished to be remembered he replied as one of if not the greatest artists to walk the face of the earth He gave another interview at his apartment in Austin, Belgium to David Ritz, an old acquaintance with whom Gay had discussed writing the book. Gay's apartment was littered with sadomasochistic magazines and other twisted pornography. The writer suggested Gay needed a sexual healing. Hmm. Ritz wrote, it was my way of suggesting what I believe he needed, uh, a reconciliation of the confusion fostered in childhood between pleasure and pain. But the advice struck Gay as a good hook for a song title. In a lucid moment, he scrawled out lyrics and adapted them to a slow reggae-style instrumental track composed by keyboardist Odell Brown, one of his sidemen. CBS rushed Sexual Healing out as a single, and it became the best-selling soul hit since the dawn of disco. A month later, the company released the tune on a rushed LP, Midnight Love. In a series of interviews, Marvin Gaye posed as a master of love, romance, and sex. He told the Los Angeles Times people could follow his lead. He said... What they need to is live out their sexual fantasies. Everybody would be happier and less crazy if they could do what they wanted to do sexually. And he's right. He was right. He was right. A lot of people's hang-ups <laughs> stem from sex or lack of sex. I mean, look at the guys on the street. If they had more sex, they wouldn't be. Okay, you know what? Let's not, let's not do that. Uh-oh. 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 It burns <laughs> there she is there she is let's continue despite whispers about Gail's fragile psyche and coke addiction CBS scrambled together a concert tour to capitalize on the success of his new single the sexual healing tour opened in San Diego on April 18th and was scheduled to conclude August 14th few expected him to make it through the dates as one side man told Ritz there was more coke on that tour and on any tour in the history of entertainment. As the tour wore on, Gay's behaviors became increasingly bizarre. He became ever more obsessed by sex. He invited groups of five or six men and women to have sex in his room while he watched. On stage, he began doing a striptease to his bikini briefs during the finale, Sexual Healing. Meanwhile, he was be- uh, being overwhelmed by paranoia. He hired a, fa- a phalanx of bodyguards and wore a bulletproof vest except when on stage he ordered sentries to guard his hotel room doors he insisted that a hitman had been hired to kill him and he worried that he was being secretly poisoned peats in the bulletproof vest okay during a tour stop in Boston reporters sat slack jawed during a press conference as Gay revealed that he had hired famed attorney F. Lee Bailey to determine how, why and by whom he had been poisoned during his tour he added that an antidote potion concocted by activist comedian Dick Gregory had saved his life <laughs> Gay survived the tour in a fashion and then crawled home to recuperate at the Crenshaw District home in LA he had bought for his parents his mother said when the tour is over I never saw Marvin in such bad shape he was exhausted he should have checked into a hospital the people around him should have forced him to go but they did whatever he wanted that's the way it had always been for the ensuing nine months the gay gay house was a human zoo marvin senior alberta and marvin jr slept in three adjoining second story bedrooms the couple hadn't been in the same bed together for 10 years marvin's brother frankie and his wife lived in an adjacent guest apartment most of the time marvin senior holed up in his room swinging a swigging vodka while marvin jr holed up in his room leering at porno videotapes and magazines and freebasing cocaine Often while his mother sat beside him wringing his hands. She said she would cry and Marvin would say, mother, this is the last time I promise. Marvin Jr. would place a phone call and the men would show up to deliver drugs. Women would come as well, including groupies and his ex-wives, Anna and Janice, with whom he rekindled sexual relationships. He also beat a number of women visitors, including Janice. Still paranoid, Marvin Jr. paid to install an elaborate, expensive security and surveillance system. Jeez, this dude was just out of it, out of it. Yo, he was 50 before 50, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Marvin hadn't lived in the same house with his father in a quarter century. Besides the childhood baggage and conflicts over the drug use, sex, and porn, two other issues festered in the edgy relationship between them. Alberta Gay had had kidney surgery in the fall of 1983, Marvin Sr. had gone back to Washington for unspecified reasons and he refused to return to California to support his wife during her surgery. Also Marvin Jr. had learned that his father had sold the family house in Washington during his stay there. He believed his mother was owed half that money, but Marvin Sr. refused to acknowledge that he had sold the property. Although the men managed to avoid one another most of the time, the physical tension was palpable. So much so that Marvin Sr. told his daughter Jean, if he touches me, I'll kill him. Mm -hmm. In his paranoia, Marvin Jr. had begun to stockpile guns when he returned home from the sexual healing tour. He kept a cheap machine gun in his room at one point until his mother insisted that he get rid of it. For reasons not entirely clear, Marvin gave his father a handgun, an unregistered 38 caliber Smith & Wesson, at Christmas time in 1983. On the night of March 31st, 1984, Marvin Sr. was angered because he was unable to find a document concerning an insurance policy. He stormed around the house and yelled at Alberta, whom he blamed for losing the document. He was still angry when he woke the next morning, Sunday, April 1st, the day before Marvin Jr.'s 45th birthday. At about 11 a.m., Marvin Sr. hollered up the stairs at his wife, who was in Marvin Jr.'s bedroom. The son went to to the top of the stairs and hollered back that he should speak to Alberta's face if he had something to say. Uh Uh-oh. The father hurried up the steps and entered his son's room. Marvin Jr. leaped up off the bed and pushed his 70-year-old father out of the hallway, knocking him down and kicking him. Alberta interceded and the men separated. Marvin Jr. returned to his bed. The father got up and went down to the hall to his own bedroom. After a few moments, he returned to Marvin Jr.'s threshold. He raised a hand towards his son, and Alberta could see he was holding the 38 pistol Marvin Jr. had given him. He pulled the trigger and shot his son in the chest. Tearing through his heart as Marvin Jr. slumped off the bed to the floor, his father strode forward and fired again. The second shot was unnecessary. Marvin's brother Frankie ran to the sound of the shots. His wife Irene called 911. Paramedics arrived to find Marvin Sr. sitting on the front porch. They demanded to see the gun before they would enter the house. Irene found it under Marvin Sr.'s pillow and threw it on the lawn. Gay was rushed to a, hosp- a California hospital. Resuscitation efforts were in vain. He was declared dead at 1.01 p.m. Jean Gay said in the past, father had made it very clear that if Marvin were to strike him, he'd murder him. Father said so publicly on more than one occasion. Gay's bodyguard, Andrew, Andre White, told author Turner that the case was, in effect, a suicide. He said he wanted to die, but he couldn't do it himself. He got his daddy to do it. Mm. Dr. Ronald Markman, psychiatrist who examined Marvin Gaye Sr., had his own idea about the shooting. I believe that people kill basically because they're humili- humiliated, he told Turner. It's not a question of whether you're a pacifist, a minister, or a rabbi. It's a question of whether you are capable of being humili- humiliated and whether you are able to deal with that humiliation short of the need to destroy. That day, Marvin had humiliated his dad by knocking him down. So if you have a 45-year-old man hitting a 70-year-old man, he was knocked to the ground, he got up without a word, but went and got a gun and returned to kill him. In the jailhouse interview, a week after the slaying, Marvin Sr. explained the slaying to the Los Angeles Herald Examiner, I pulled the trigger, he said. The first one didn't seem to bother him. He put his hand up to his face, like he'd been hit with a BB and then I fired again I was backing towards my room I was going to go in there and and lock the door this time I heard him say oh and I saw him go down and I did I do know that I did fire the gun I was just trying to keep him back off of me I want the world to know it wasn't presumptuous on my part I asked if he loved his son Marvin Sr. chose the words carefully before saying let's say that I didn't dislike him Woo! Shit. About 10,000 people attended the funeral, led by the chief apostle of the House of God, his father's old church, Stevie Wonder, saying, and Smokey Robinson and Dick Gregory gave readings. Gay was laid to rest wearing a costume from his final tour—a golden-white military-style uniform with an mean wrap at his shoulders. An autopsy had found that Marvin Jr. had both cocaine and angel dust in his system when he died. An examination of Marvin Sr. found what authorities called massive bruises on his body after he was arrested, apparently inflicted in the beating and stomping his son gave him just before the shooting. So he just beat his ass. (laughs) Marvin Sr. was charged with murder, but on September 20th, 1984, he was allowed to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter. A plea bargain allowed... Based on his age, the physical assault, and the drugs in his son's system, he appeared before Judge Gordon Ringer on November 2nd for sentencing. This is one of those terribly, terribly tragic cases in which young life was snuffed out, but under the circumstances, it seems to be agreed by everybody, including the very able and experienced investigating officers in this case, that the young man who died tragically provoked this incident, and it was all his fault. Marvin Sr. was given an opportunity to speak. He said, if I could bring him back, I would. I was afraid of him. I thought I was going to get hurt. I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm really sorry for everything that happened. Ringer ordered a six year suspended sentence and five years of probation he banned gay from drinking or owning a gun. Gay Senior moved into the Inglewood retirement home. Alberta divorced him after 49 years. She died of bone cancer three years after the slaying. Marvin Senior died of pneumonia in 1998. Their son Frankie died of a heart attack in 2001. Gay died without a will, so his estate was of no benefit to his three children. He still owed Anna Gordy Gay $293,000 and the government $1.6 million in back taxes. His record royalties uh, gradually paid down those debts while Motown and CBS fought in the courts over rights to Gay's unreleased recordings. Gay wrote or recorded more than 200 songs and 66 of them were Billboard hits. In 1987, he was elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is sad as fuck. Good God. That was horrific. Yikes. (laughs) The original bankroll fresh. No, not bankroll fresh. Yeah. um, Shit. (laughs) Shit. Do I think it would have been a good thing to end the bloodline? I mean, no. What, ooh, a gay junior? You know what? That's debatable because um, Nona is, is fine and her kids are okay. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess that the gay men of that family have the issues. But remember, all of the kids were homosexual all the kids were homosexual homosexual so i don't know man i don't know i don't know i don't know that's crazy right always 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 yeah 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 that's tragic i, I didn't know about all the extra shit if i brought you into this world i'm gonna tell oh, lord lord <laughs> that sounds about right yeah yeah but the uh the passing uh his wife around janice that was wild man wait let me run that back let me find that part again what I forgot what page it was on. Hold up. Don't don't mind me, y'all. I'm gonna just I'm gonna try to find that. Um Cause that was extremely disturbing. So was it Teddy? And oh let me I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. I'ma find it. I'ma find, I'm find it. I just wanna reiterate that part. Cause that was jacked up. That was jacked up. Okay, so once again, his second wife, Janice, when they met, he was 33, she was 16. The mother encouraged the relationship. Keep that in mind. So for decades, mothers have always been encouraging their daughters to, you know, get to the head of the class by any any means, right? Okay, I'm getting close. I think it's like page 12 or 13. Okay, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, for those that missed it, the be- the juicy parts, <laughs> the juicy parts of Marvin Gaye and Janice. Like, so yeah, he was thirty-three, she was sixteen. This is Nona Gaye's mama, Nona Gaye, the actress. She she was in the, she was in the uh, the Matrix movies. She's fine as fuck. I mean, she's fine. This woman is fine. She was in um, was she in Blade? Was she in the first Blade movie? No, that's in Boucher, right? No, nope, no, nope, no, nope. no. Nona Gay was in The Matrix and some other movie. Nona Gay is a stunningly beautiful woman to this day. So here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Yeah, the girl's mother encouraged a relationship, but the pass around part is what what threw me. Yeah. So before she was 21, Janice had been shooting into affairs with a number of singers, including Frankie Beverly, Rick James, and Teddy Bennegan. Nigga, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. That's all I wanted to show. I'm done listen triple x state the union okay cool 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 cool. yeah nona gay was is a beautiful woman beautiful all right couple more stories let me get about it here i need it yeah you and me pour me one please por favor por favor all right let's do bad parents let's do bad parents let's do bad parents Ready for some bad parents YouTube bad parents Ruby Frankie Ruby Frank has anyone heard this she's a youtuber y'all she's a youtuber she's a youtuber this is crazy all right let's see Ruby Frank a Utah mother of six behind a well-known parenting YouTube channel called eight passengers was charged with multiple counts of aggravated child abuse. Come on, get of here! Child abuse alongside her business partner after Frank's 12-year-old son showed up at a neighbor's home, appearing malnourished with an open open wounds. Oh no! The son ran to a neighbor's home where he asked for food and water. He escaped out of a window at the Ivans, Utah home of Jody Hildebrand. The Santa Clara Ivins Public Safety Department in a a, a statement said the child appeared emaciated and malnourished. While responding officer observed a deep lacerations from being tied up with rope and duct tape around his extremities. Uh, After searching Hildebrand's home, police found Frank's uh, 10-year-old daughter in a similar malnourished state. Jeez, Pete. Okay, news of Frank's arrest was welcomed by several of her sisters, as well as her uh, estranged adult daughter. Frank rose to fame in the 2010s, documenting the lives of her six children to more than 2 million subscribers on the now-deleted channel 8 Passengers. In recent years, viewers have raised concerns about Frank's harsh approach to parenting, which had included withholding food from her kids as a form of discipline or instruction. Frank is a 41-year-old video blogger turned mental fitness trainer, had become famous for a YouTube channel featuring her husband, formerly an engineering professor at Utah's Brigham Young. Man, listen, Brigham Young. If you don't understand that the the science behind BYU, that listen, there's a pyramid. <laughs> as you enter the, okay, this is this is where it gets a little deep. So with BYU, uh, the two the two the two founders, right? Brigham Young and the other guy. Okay, one guy was in the lodge, taught by Moors. I know I'm, I'm going left with y'all on y'all. One, I forget which one. Is either Brigham or Young One of the guys was taught by Moors Right all the sciences by the Moors The other guy was I believe Scottish Wright And the, the lodge said Listen um, Whoever is taught by the Moors You can't be telling everybody this shit Right you can't be telling, teaching the students All the, 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 the real esoteric stuff So they made an agreement They agreed they say, listen you can't teach These kids this but we'll, we'll leave a symbol For everyone to see and hence, that's why that the big-ass pyramid is on, the, is on their campus. The pyramid is their ode or their nod and wink to everybody else that, okay, one of the co-founders of the uni- of this university was taught by a bunch of black men. That's the only shout-out we're going to give y'all. And when they, the, you know, when they send those kids for their training and shit, they're just taught basic-level stuff and the higher up they go if they're deemed worthy then they kind of they go into the pyramid and kind of get the secrets from either Brigham Brigham or Young what he learned so that's the whole BYU shit with that that's kind of that's kind of old stuff like we kind of already knew this um i'm sorry to, to go left on y'all but yeah that's why the pyramid is on the on the campus so i just forget which one was taught by the by the brothers and the other one was taught by the in the lodge all right um <laughs> Let's see. Frank and her family are are members of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Jeez. Uh, Passengers had allowed them to share Mormonism in a way that they would normally wouldn't in Springville, Utah. Um, So the filming that YouTube show was a reminder to let my heart rate come down and just enjoy being with the kids as they are right now. So in twenty eighteen or twenty fifteen, she started Eight Passengers where she discussed parenting strategies such as what books she allowed her kids to read and shared scenes from daily life, such as family dinners, preparing meals, and driving her kids around. But videos showing Frank disciplining her children eventually sparked concern over viewers, particularly after her son Chad said in a twenty twenty video that he slept on a beanbag for months as a punishment. Jeez, Jordy and ann Hildebrand says so this is the woman's house they found to kill the children in. As a life coaching firm and YouTube channel that Frank had been working with as a mental health coach, the two had appeared together in videos as recently as this week. Ooh. Okay, so this is the charges they fi- they're facing. Frank and Hildebrand are each face uh, each charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse, a felony that carries a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison. Both women remained in custody Friday after a judge denied bail to the severity of the injuries of her two kids located in the home. Washington court attorney Eric Clark said in the statement that the women are accused of causing or permitting serious injury to the two children in three different ways. A combination of multiple physical injuries or torture, starvation, or malnutrition that jeopardizes life and causing severe emotional harm. This is wild. Okay, the two malnourished children were, children were hospitalized and now in child protective custody. Along with the two other minor siblings, the Santa Clarence Ivan's police officer who responded incident said in her affidavit, Frank recorded a video in Hildebrandt's downstairs just two days earlier, which the officer believed was an indication Frank was in the home and aware of the abuse, mal- malnourishment, and neglect. Uh-oh, Frank's oldest daughter, Sherry, wrote on her Instagram story that she was just, she was so glad that justice is being served we've been trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this she said adding that her siblings are safe but there's a long road ahead wow wow that's wild that is wild back go back damn it really okay Yeah, that's crazy, let me find a video. <whistles> be sister friend and then you talk. Okay, let's see what she has to say. Let's see what she got to talk about. Let's see what she's talking about. Oh my God, why are you running so slow today?
1: A young child escaped from and went to a neighbor's house asking for food and water. They said that that child was severely malnourished along with another one they found inside the same home. Now we talked to neighbors in this area and they said that they don't really know the homeowner of this home very well but she's in business with a woman who has gained a huge following online with YouTube videos getting hundreds of thousands of views.
2: So being a mom's a full-time job but
1: Popular Utah family vlogger Ruby Frankie was arrested Wednesday. The 41 year old mother of six is known for sharing clips of her children's daily lives on their now defunct YouTube channel, A Passengers. No. Today, she and her business I partner Jody, for wind, are accused of abusing back, like, of that. Of weeks.
0: Wait, what is that? What, is, what am I listening to? What is that? Oh, but well, them. Okay my
1: bedroom was taken away for seven months and then you give it back like a couple weeks ago i don't think our viewers
0: know that wow i'm sleeping on a beanbag since october (laughs) (laughs) and they gave my room back like two weeks ago
1: police say a clearly malnourished 12-year-old child crawled out of the window of hildebrand's ivan's area home a neighbor called 911 when he showed up at their house asking for food and water Officers say his wrists were duct taped. He had wounds from being tied up across his body. Investigators say they found a 10-year-old girl inside the same house who was also malnourished. Frankie's family vlogs ended without a specific reason given. Frankie now works for the Utah County Company Connections along with Hildebrandt. It's described as a treatment program for those with mental health and addiction issues. Uh uh Connections has been the subject of a lot of controversy, specifically for its teachings on parenting. Many of Frankie's siblings are also online content creators. Her sisters released a social media statement saying, quote, Ruby was arrested, which needed to happen. Jody was arrested, which needed to happen. The kids are now safe. Frankie's eldest daughter, Sherry, posted this picture on Instagram with the caption, Finally, Damn. in the next slide, she said her family is glad justice was served. She wrote, quote, we've been trying to tell police and CPS for years about this, end quote. The Santa Clara Ivans Police Department did not provide an update on the children's condition. Mm-mm-mm. According to the Washington County Sheriff's Office, Frankie is still in custody. At this point, we know the Santa Clara Ivins Police Department is working with the Springville Police Department on this case. We will continue to bring you updates as we get them, both down here in southern Utah and up in Okay, Utah. so... Shelby Lofton, KSL 5 News.
0: Do they get a plea agreement? <laughs> do they Do they get a plea agreement? Will they, get, you know, slap on the wrist? Because, I mean, it, it, it is women. Okay, more moms behaving badly. Like we got to go across the pond for this one. <laughs> This is wild. Listen. Mom search how to cut up a body before killing daughter 9 as she brushed her teeth. Listen. I see all the stories of all the men killing their kids. Listen. It's everybody killing their kids. Okay? Kids killing the parents. Parents killing the kids. There's no narrative to frame. Okay? Everybody's getting this work. Unfortunately. So, wow. Let's, uh, you think this woman looks remorseful, but let's continue. Let's go. Let's go. A mom searched the internet for how to cut up a body before she allegedly murdered her nine-year-old daughter, then kept her remains in the fridge for almost three weeks. Ruth Floriano was arrested over the weekend in Sao Paulo after her boyfriend's mom made the sickening discovery at her home. The mom of three was held in pretrial detention as part of the investigation into alleged murder with her other two children taken away. Um, Floriano scoured the web looking for the easier way to cut her daughter, Alani Silva, into pieces. It was reported that she killed her daughter because the daughter had refused to accept that her relationship had ended with her ex-boyfriend. Who had loved Alani like his own child while her own mother was said by family members to beat her. See, once again, another case to why you may want to avoid dealing with women with children. I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to speak on that. None, that's none of my business. Let's continue. Uh, Floriano was questioned by police at the scene. She told them she had met a man on a dating app and invited him to her home in the east of the city. She claimed this took place about a month ago and that they had taken drugs and slept together and that her daughter was already dead when she woke up. She denied she had killed her. But when the police uh, when at the police station, Floriano said she took drugs and then decided to kill her daughter between August 8th and 9th. She reportedly said she stabbed a young girl whilst she was brushing her teeth and stuffed her remains in the fridge. Officers added that she admitted to cooking part of the remains and are looking into whether the incident could have taken place before August 6th, her birthday. My God. Good grief. The family had only recently moved into their new home and between the Friday and Saturday, Floriano had left her home when her boyfriend's mother visited. It was reported that the woman believed Floriano had kept drugs or a weapon in the fridge. And it was then she discovered the dismembered body. Floriano had stabbed her ex-boyfriend just three months prior. Uh, Now I see why he left. (laughs) That'll do it. According to her sister, Aline Floriano, speaking to Brazilian outlet Band, she added he had a love for Alani. It was something inexplicable. You saw the pictures of them together and thought they were father and daughter. There's no way. She added that young Alani would often say she preferred to stay with her with her as her mother would hit her and on one occasion bang her head into the wall. In the chilling final message, the sisters said that Floriano spoke directly at the police station and all the family heard that she wanted to kill him and the other children finished the job and kill herself. Listen, man, man. It's wild out here. Y'all be careful. If you're a child and you come across my YouTube channel, which you should be careful. Be careful. Speak on it. Speak on it. Uh Oh, she's a Blatino. He's a <laughs> Um, Real quick, let me read these, some of these cash-ups I've been getting the last few days, and I haven't been online, so I want to give everybody a shout-out. Um, Lil Hurla, thank you for the uh, the 10 in the cash-up <laughs> Um, Tori, thank you for the 25 in the cash-up the other day, bro. Chanel, thank you for the 25 on the Cash App last week. And the homie Mark, appreciate it. Thank you on the 45 on the Cash App last week as well. All right, is there anything I need to cover? I mean, this is pretty much what I wanted to go over was the Marvin Gaye thing. That was pretty much the crux of my show tonight. Like tomorrow, I can kind of catch up on whatever everything I missed. Um. Yeah. 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 It's rough out here, y'all. It's rough. Yes, you. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Louisville, my man, my man. Next, next Friday, me and Louisville and and the anime posse. <laughs> me, me, Louisville and his anime posse. We're we gonna go at it. We're gonna go at it. I, no, you're right. But the high level Mormons know what time it is. That's why when they send the kids out t- to the streets to uh, the little backpacks and shit to ask you about Jesus and stuff, they, they know nothing. They know nothing. Like the, them, it'd be them regular schmagula Mormons that be talking that blacks or the, them high level Mormons understand what time it is. They know who they know who 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 uh, BYU is for. You know. Okay. Okay yeah 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 you see that's what i'm saying see nick knows nick knows teddy Pendergast. once again all of your favorites have kinks they all have they all have deviant behaviors about them you know so keep it techie what's happening prince had a relationship with Nona okay okay yeah Nona she's bad I mean she's still bad to this day you know there was that story about Prince and Maite you know what let me let's look at it real quick Prince and let me see what, what pops up hold up hold up Now now just bear with me. I'm I'm trying to figure out something because I remember there was these rumors, these stories about Maite and Prince that were not very flattering to Prince. But I don't think she's gonna let's see what she says here. I don't think she's gonna tell. My
2: name is Maite Garcia and I am Prince's first wife and this is my story.
0: I'm just curious as to why they divorced. What, what happened? I was 16 when we met. And, uh... Okay. She was 16 when they met. Now, how old was Prince when they, when they first met? I'm going to need y'all to, to get off this old men, young women. Listen. Unfortunately, that seems to be the natural biological attraction old men young women it's been going on since time memorial ever since human history so uh, okay wait 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 let's do this let's do this they met she met she was 16 wait wait wait. okay how old was prince when uh, there you go the algorithm knows nigga he was 32, she was 16. Come on, y'all! It's time to let go of of this. Sorry, not sorry. Now, of course, you think I'm gonna let Mini Me at go be with some 30 year old man? Hell no! But I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> ah, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> gonna have to let some of this shit go, y'all. <laughs> Gonna have to let some of this shit go. <laughs> Gonna have to let some of this shit go. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Prince was the predator. Oh, no. Listen, the parents understood. The parents understood. Like, look. Miha Miha he can take good care of you, miha. Like, papi, no, take care of you. He take care of you, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Paul Walker. He he met his then wife when she was 15, 16. Paul Walker liked them young. I'm just saying, come on, let's let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. <laughs> let's get back to this.
2: Yeah. First, we became friends,
0: uh-huh.
2: then we became pen pals uh-huh. and then I sort of became his muse without knowing <laughs> and then we fell in love and then we got married and uh, it was it was a beautiful romance it was a i'd like to say fairy tale because so it was so uh, so romantic okay. and uh, okay magical and uh, unfortunately it ended in uh, It was a tragic ending, but the love is still there. Okay, get get us up to speed. When I first met him, I I showed him all the videos of my dancing, including ballet and jazz, not just the belly dancing. But of course, what intrigued him the most was the belly dancing. And it was interesting... Can I
0: I just say this real quick? Listen, ladies, don't listen to these niggas when they talk about the wall. There's no wall for y'all. There is no wall. What wall? What wall?
2: A couple weeks later, I I would hear... He would send me cassette tapes of music, and I'd, I'd realize that he was putting those notes and, and rhythms into his music. When I got married, it, our honeymoon was a show. <laughs> we actually, I thought we were just gonna go and relax, and uh-huh. it was cute, because he was trying to um, keep me from seeing the posters of him playing, and of us playing in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I remember performing with him, um, but that was the last time because I soon got pregnant and I stopped dancing. Oh. We never spoke about children when we were dating, and okay. then when he decided to propose and get married, we didn't we didn't speak about it until the wedding night when he played Let's Have a Baby. Okay. And I remember hearing it and thinking, okay. I mean, it, it was something like he loved children, and. Um, But there weren't any any children around us. We didn't have friends who had kids or anything. Okay, okay, come on. But he he went full throttle. He wanted to be a father and I mean, from the nursery to the playground, so many things that he did that Uh I didn't expect and Uh he was very excited. Uh I remember him trying to get my mind off it by cracking jokes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of those Situations where you're it's it's out of your hands. You have just have to. Was it have a miscarriage? And what, what, what? What? Waiting. And waiting. And then what
0: happened?
2: The the horrible moment that happened. But for it was just for a second because then we just turned into Mama Bear and Papa Bear, and completely had this love for this this soul, and um, I mean that love it hasn't died, and it's just...
0: You being real vague it, with it's this. It's beautiful. Nah, beautiful nah. Love. I need to know more. You, you being you being real vague. So if you My came of age in
2: the 80s, like me, you might say that Prince's music was like the soundtrack to your life. But there's no one for whom that's more true than Maite Garcia, the belly dancer turned author who traveled the world by Prince's side for years. Oh, she after his a wife, few days. Oh, his best friend. So li- oh, and now she's no, drawing back the curtain no. on their private moments together. What? Here's ABC's Nick Watt. <laughs> 1984.
3: <laughs> the morning papers here in L.A.'s Griffith Park.
0: Can I just say something? I've been to the Griffith Observatory. It is whack. I've been to the Griffith Observatory. Wiggity whack. Let's get to it. It
3: reveals her side of their story in her new memoir, The Most Beautiful, My Life with Prince. Talk about him being not particularly lucid, perhaps an aspirin overdose. There were some signs there. There were signs. Once she says he was taken to the ER after what he convinced her was an aspirin overdose. You never saw uh, him taking drugs.
2: Uh, I never saw him taking drugs. I never saw him drunk. Marijuana, never. And the uh, aspirin. Okay,
3: okay, I believed him. Uh, I felt bad for you during parts of this book.
2: I know that people would probably be angry with him. I hope that I turned it around and made you appreciate and, and respect Prince. Is that what Prince happened? The kind of
3: guy I just can't imagine having an everyday life. Tuesday morning breakfast. What's he like?
2: <laughs> His mornings were sometimes two, three in the afternoon. Disclaimer that right now, he's not your average average guy, but he loved driving in the car. He loved Tostitos.
3: Prince was intensely tostitos. private, and at that time, a devout Seventh-day Adventist. Maite was pregnant, there was something wrong. She claims Prince declined medical intervention.
0: The faith that he had just, it just made me... Oh, that's right, because wasn't that Prince a Jehovah's Witness? Uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, Walk, walk this, walk this down with me. Wasn't Prince a Jehovah's Witness? They don't believe in going to the doctor, right? Come on. They believed that everything was going to be okay. Yeah, that's it wasn't. What happened.
3: Their baby Amir died of a rare genetic disorder, Pfeiffer syndrome, at just one week old.
2: Oof. It's the worst thing that ever happened to to me and to him, I think.
3: A week later, they appeared on Oprah. Prince insisted.
2: What is the status of your, your, your baby? Well,
0: our family exists. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just beginning it.
3: Amir
2: is already dead. Cool. It's
0: all good. Never mind what you hear.
2: I knew we had an album to promote.
0: <sighs> Holy shit, okay, this is... I wasn't prepared for all this, but like, come on, let's go.
2: And um, the faith that kept me going was that we were going to try again.
3: Prince called the shots. He made the decision that neither of you would be there when Amir passed.
2: I wouldn't have survived that.
3: But you weren't given the choice.
2: I know, I wasn't given the choice. And I was very, very resentful for many years.
3: So the house that you shared, Yeah. I mean, he, he had that burnt down.
2: Full down. That's the part of, of Prince that's very controlling. He doesn't look back. He just, he moves forward.
3: But soon, the loss overwhelmed her. I Holy had cow.
2: a whole bunch of pills in the bathroom. I went into the bedroom because I figured if they were going to find me, at least find me laying down. I had a Yorkie. Her name was Mia. I had the pills in my hand, and uh, she just came and just started scratching me. She just wouldn't stop scratching me. She saved me.
3: She did become pregnant again, but suffered a miscarriage.
2: Mm. I
0: think that's what drove us apart.
3: Three years later, Prince married Manuela Testolini. I think he thought... Yeah,
0: you know what? Unfortunately, uh, y'all, if uh, yeah, if we deem you non-viable, that that would be an issue. Yeah, if we deem you non-viable, if you can't... God damn it, if I throw the ball to you, Tom Brady, you know, two minutes in the fourth quarter, we gotta march down the field and We're down by seven, you know? I get you to the goddamn goal line and you can't catch the ball when I give it to you. It might be a problem. It might be a problem.
2: But because we lost our two children, two babies, that I wasn't the one.
3: Prince and Maite drifted apart, hadn't spoken in years, In late 2015, she got a call.
2: He wasn't doing well. I felt the need to try to reach out. But once you're out of that circle, it's really hard to get back in the circle.
3: Later, Maite got a text from his second wife, Manuela, that read simply,
2: Call me She's the one that told me That he passed away Oh First thing I thought about Was that he was alone That was beyond heartbreaking to Wait
0: me. I didn't even know He was married to this This next woman I didn't know Maybe I was really Out the loop I, I didn't keep up on Prince Like that y'all I didn't know he was Twice married Twice married With no kids to show That's That's almost a waste If I can be frank With y'all Not For the women but for him, a guy like that, with all that talent, all that knowledge, with no offspring to pass that down to, a waste, man. Listen, and you, and you want, and y'all wonder why a lot of these guys have side women, and all these kids on the side. Unfortunately, there's something in us that says these, My wife can't get it done. Let me make sure. Let me ensure my legacy and you know if this bitch can get it done you know like I get to live again you know I think that's the part like a lot of people don't understand like um yeah men men have this thing they need to pass on and and, and you know yeah that that was a waste man like for him to die with no children that was a waste that was a waste I know it sounds fucked up, y'all. I know it sounds jacked up, but see, I didn't know that was his third marriage. That's a waste. I see. I child, listen. I, I'm only here for the deaths and the sacrifices. I don't care about all the, who, who they married to. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I oh, I hate I hate this. For, and I'm not the biggest Prince fan, but shit, man. Can you imagine if he had some kids? The son of Prince. The daughter of Prince. You know? I mean, I, I'm sure that the, the expectations would have been just w- way more for them to handle. But, man, yo, this all that knowledge, all that musical knowledge for nothing. For nothing.
3: The genius who gave us five number one singles. The first in 84, When Doves Cry. This is what it
1: sounds like when the doves cry. Cream. Cream.
3: The last, in '90 19- died from an accidental fentanyl overdose.
2: Prince was a Gemini, and Geminis have two,
0: two personalities size. and Hell two different
3: moods. Yeah. Prince and Maite first met when she was a teenage belly dancer.
2: I'm pretty confident that I, might, I had a past life where I was of that descent.
3: She was an Air Force brat in Europe, and her parents dragged her to a Prince concert in Spain.
2: They both. Remember, through the loud music, you need to give him a tape of your belly dancing, you hear this?
3: They got a tape of her dancing to Prince and actually met him later on the tour in Germany.
2: When he got on stage, it was just, he owned it. I mean, it felt to me like he was performing for me, just for me. Maybe he was. <laughs> <laughs> there a lot of people there. Right? Okay, okay. He would send me music. Like, and
3: then you met up occasionally?
2: Yeah, I would meet up occasionally.
3: 16-year-old hot dancer, stage mum, slightly older rock star. It's like, hmm, <laughs> sounds a bit dodgy. Maite, by the way, now has her own adopted daughter, six-year-old Gia.
2: I probably would be a little hesitant for my daughter, but if I trusted her, then I would have to let her do what she wants to do.
3: The year after Prince and Maite met, he released this.
2: (laughs) Are you the most beautiful girl in the world? (laughs) When he wrote that song, he had all women in mind.
3: Two years after they met in 92, Prince hired her to dance on the world tour, promoting Diamonds and Pearls. Diamonds and
2: Pearls my intention was to be in a music video or to perform live. It had nothing to do with intimacy.
3: That she says came later. In Ninety-six, they married. The she well,
0: was twenty-two. He. Then they get the breakdown, and then old girl. D to the I to the A to the M. To the o Oh to the E to the D to the power of love. Okay my bad, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry the spirit, the spirit overtook it me.
3: He was 37.
2: I remember being on stage doing a soundtrack and I heard mm-mm-mm and I was like uh, <laughs> I'm being checked out, okay. And he would just say, it's about that walk. About a week later I heard a song, it was a jazzy song that he just, they were jamming and it's about that walk came out. It's about
3: I say in this book, gives us a glimpse of a man who's really.
0: Ah, I hate this. This is a waste, man. This is a waste. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this for everybody involved. They all should have had an offspring to, to remember, you know, to remember him by. That's terrible. I keep hearing Danny Lay, Danny Lay. Yeah, that she was. dead her situation's bad too. Yeah, this is this is a mess. This is a mess. I'm not gonna get into all that. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna get, get out of here. But yo, uh, I'm back. Shout out to everybody that's, you know, I hope you guys are all doing well, healthy, and spry and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, listen. Prince was a little player. You know what? I still put my over, uh over Carmen. Carmen was bad though. Carmen was bad my absolute favorite is uh, Apollonia I put Apollonia over all of them uh, Apollonia then uh, who's the second one who was the second one A- uh, okay Apollonia was in the group Vanity 6 right who was the second, the second chick like the, the replacement the Apollonia replacement I forget her name but I put Apollonia over over them all you know, yeah, he, exoticals. Hey, listen, how come nobody, how come nobody accuses Prince of being a colorist? You, you know what? I I got time. I got time. How come nobody accuses Prince of being a colorist? It was vanity. Y'all put vanity over Apollonia, no. We, we, let's run. I got time. Let I got time. Yeah. Oh. Oh. No, sis. Oh, don't don't worry. And you. Yeah. Yeah. Light bright coalition and showed up. <laughs> Rainbow coalition done showed up. We in this. I got time. Let's run this back. Let's look up Vanity Six, shall we? Yeah, let's Let's. You know what I'm saying. Let's let's look them up, shall we? I got some time to peruse. Nigga. Boy, don't play this game with me, boy. Don't do this. N- 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 no ugly no no ugly women. But once again, how come y'all never call Prince a colorist? Okay, so let's look up Apollonia. Whew. There we go. Let's, let's. let's. Y'all want to do this for real? Y'all putting vanity over this? Y'all putting vanity over this? Are you serious right now? Y'all putting, y'all putting vanity over Apollonia, nigga? (laughs) For real? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, my bad, hit the wrong button. Hold up, hold up, hold up. No, for real, this is what we're doing? This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. I'm trying to go to the waters of uh, Lake Minnetonka with this woman, y'all tripping? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm looking for a light skin to go into the rivers of Lake Minnetonka with me. who who's down? <laughs> You're putting vanity over him. What the? Hell? Carrie, thank you talk get Nick Get your boy. get Nick Get Nick. Get Nick. they all is not an ugly one. there's not not an ugly one. not at all. but how come y'all don't y'all don't call Prince a colorist. Now, this struck me. I was inspired by this because I was having a conversation offline with the light bright. And um, once again, the colorist, the colorist, um, the argument, it's not even an argument for me at this point. It's not even an argument for me at this point. Yeah, y'all bugging, man. I'm sorry. I'ma die on this motherfucking Apollonia Hill. Yeah, I'ma die on this hill with this woman right here. Okay, now, why am I getting to the colorist issue? Because the TikTok or the the TikTok girl, what's her name? Pinky Diamond. Pinky Diamond just confirms the deep, dark, ugly truth, which, which is that in Black American society. Light skin is, is 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 to be praised. Let me let me let me do this. Pinky uh, diamond. Di, 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 no diamond TikTok... filter. Y'all see how dark this chick is and r- without <laughs> off TikTok. Where's this bitch at? What is her name? Yeah, it's Pinky Diamond, right? Okay, let's do this. Pinky Diamond? Or is it Diamond Pinky? Oh my goodness, come on, man. All right, all right, NPC TikTok. Yeah, what is, what is her, what is Yeah, 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 okay. But what's her name, what's her name? What is her name? Somebody give me her name. There we go. Pinky doll, God damn it. Pinky doll. Here we go. Pinky doll. Listen, y'all gonna be now this is a very uncomfortable conversation to have. I get it. I get it. Look how dark she is. Look how dark she is. Her real skin complexion. I know y'all don't want to I know nobody wants to admit this. Nobody wants to, don't do it tonight. Not the skin. Oh, 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 not tonight, not tonight. Not not tonight. We'll do this another night. Okay, you know what? That's fine. I'll do this another night. Ms Little John says not tonight, not tonight. no okay all right we'll 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 save this for t- tomorrow. We'll save it for tomorrow. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. All right, all right, okay. okay, Mama Sita said tomorrow. hi hey, we'll do it tomorrow. I- I'm just saying. I'm just saying, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. I'm cool with that. I can wait. Go ahead. Don't save it. <laughs> the comp wait, 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 wait. Okay. That's a, that's a very debatable point. I'm, I'm with you. The complexion doesn't make you attractive. It's your features. Hmm. Interesting. That's a very interesting point. I like it. Tiff, thank you for the twenty in the cash yeah. Thank you. Okay, let me do this real quick. Okay, if that were true, Miss Little John, then you, you you would need to explain to me why the light skin is so highly praised and sought after. Um or, or being passable. You know, I, I, I get it. I understand your point. But the, when I walk out, I see different. Like, I, I see it's the skin color first. Then if the features are like an additional bonus. But off the rip, a light-skinned chick going to get looked at first just because she's light-skinned. You know? Then it's like, ah, uh, okay, your eyes are a little bit close together. It's like the T.I. tiny effect. Right, Ti and Tiny are probably the the ugliest light skinned people, but they still get the first pass, the first look because they're light skinned, right? Let's let's take Tiny. When Tiny was younger, Tiny wasn't cute, but she was light skinned. Then you kind of find things to like about her, feature wise, right? So you you like okay, she's light skinned. Let me see what. Then she got a crazy looking nose and she got these lips you know what I'm saying like yeah it's it's complexion first then features second you know um where the fuck did I download this I don't think I did y'all I don't think I did I thought I did uh you know what let me pull up that clip now I guess we're gonna have the conversation today, tonight, rather, at least briefly. Pinky doll, y'all need to see how dark she is. She's dark. She's dark as hell. On on the TikTok, she's light as hell. What does that tell y'all? okay, let's do this. Let me send this to myself. This chick is dark as hell. she's my complexion. oh I'm gonna send it to myself. We're not gonna go crazy deep into it, but i, I you're gonna have a hard time c- trying to convince me otherwise because nobody would do this if if the complexion wasn't as important as people wouldn't make it out to be. You understand? Like no one is actively like you're going, you're making yourself five or six shades lighter than what you normally are online. Like y'all, y'all need to see how, how much of a difference. I hate this new Google update, man. It didn't put, it moved your shit all to the top. Like, I don't like this, man. Normally it just downloads to the bottom of the page. This I don't like, but anyway, I'll, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. Look Look how dark, see there we, exactly, they made a light skin filter, they made a light skin filter, look how dark she is, she's my complexion, she's my complexion, don't, you can't, you can't tell me light skin ain't, ain't, is not highly coveted, why is she doing this? Look how dark she is. She's my complexion. She's my complexion. Let's see what you're talking about.
3: You were at the Streamy Awards the other day. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were sort of like surprised at your appearance, and some critics were even saying it was, your TikTok is light skin fishing. I don't agree. Really. But, but but how do you respond to like those critics?
0: Well, you know, when I go to the sun, I can get a little darker. Nah. nah. See, now you now you're playing just now you you don't you think we're stupid talking about when i go to the sun we done sat here and watched this, mo- this woman for three months pop popcorn with a damn curling iron talk about yes 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 <laughs> for three months we watch you do this you know
2: it's life what can i do and i love to be a black woman
0: you gonna do like acting or music
3: or something like that
2: you know i'm going to music you know i have the ice cream so good but i'm gonna release another one so stay tuned you know what i'm saying yes
3: about how much do you make on a stream? I mean,
2: deal with the three K something
3: like that. Oh, every okay. stream?
2: Yeah.
3: And then you get are you getting deals outside of this. Like I see you everywhere these days. You're blowing up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: All
0: the deals? You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You see, Fashion Nova's so good. Yeah, yeah. That's, lo- that's all. That's that. That's all. She happy with y'all, Fashion Nova. She happy with Fashion Nova, y'all. You you know. It, it's that old ugly adage, oh, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. Right? But I, let me give y'all context of how light she makes herself. Once again, let me give y'all proper context of how light she makes herself. We're talking five, six, seven goddamn shades lighter. Like, it, don't, it doesn't even make no damn sense. Uh, pinky doll, pinky doll. Yeah, okay. And this, this will end the conversation right here. This will end the conversation right here. I'll leave it right here. Conversation's over with. Mic drop. Have a good night. Thank you for coming out. God bless. Good night. What, what Russell used to say Thank you for coming out. God bless. Good night. Thank you for coming out God bless Good night Because he, he had a lisp God bless Thank you for coming out God bless Good night Conversation's over Conversation's over What we we'll talking about <laughs> This woman is my complexion This woman is my As if you're light skin Y'all should be offended Carrie Cass Y'all should be offended I would be Y'all should be offended Bruh, the only reason we even looked at tiny because she was light skinned. Okay, what are we talking? The- conversation's over. Light skin is always gonna go for the win, always. I listen, and you look, you talk to somebody who my daddy is midnight black. I love my daddy's complexion, but. Guess what complexion my mama is. As dark as my daddy is, Mississippi dark. Guess what complexion my mama is. Guess what complexion my mama is. Let's not do this. And then, and then, and then I, I take myself. I look at all my dating preferences. I don't care about the physical build. Let's just take all of my, my dating and mating preferences, right? Let's see. Minnie mes mom is red. She's a red bone, like legit red. Okay. That whore in Atlanta, she's yellow, yellow red reddish tint right knucklehead on a bad day she's red but she's for the most part yellow like i can i can sit here and, t- and tell you like i know what i'm you know even though all sometimes when i stray they'll be my complexion you know um yeah i can flat out tell you like if i could l- <laughs> If I had to give you the pictures of all the the women that you would be like, yeah, Sly's a colorist to a certain extent. You, you would call me a colorist, right? If what I'm saying makes it. I don't <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all seen number two? Number two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> light bright yellow like that's 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 my speed man like but no, no pretty is pretty i i enjoy a good-looking woman i enjoy a good-looking woman like i love looking at a good a good-looking woman to me is a good-looking woman i don't care what her complexion is but i tend to lean and look for good-looking women with that complexion but if a dark skin chick crosses my path and she looks good, I'm on it. Okay, I'm on it. So I'm not I'm not I'm not um I'm not like against equal opportunity. I'm just saying more than likely I wake up like I look I'm looking for the light skin. And then but once again if brown or, or or red or chocolate just happens to and I'm just look okay. I appreciate a good-looking woman, period. But this right here, this only reinforces the argument that light skin is is highly cherished and praised. You know what I'm saying? I try to be. You know what I'm saying? I try to be. Okay? Because I I know me to the point where, you know, I'm not stupid. Like, if a a bad motherfucker come, come, come through, and I don't know for what complexion she is, I'm, you know, okay all right once again i'm not i'm not going to delve too too deep into this but this tells me right here that she understands there's a, a higher value or, or, or um you know what i'm saying light skin for the most and there's nothing wrong with her natural complexion but even she understands there's she has more value or she can a- attain more value being a light-skinned woman. That's the ugly truth. That's the ugly reality. I don't know why everyone acting like... You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. The majority of y- your more successful OnlyFans women. Guess what complexion they are. The highest grossing OnlyFans accounts or personalities. Guess what complexion they are. Okay. Guess what complexion they're not. Okay. Like the, the the longer we deny the ugly truth, the more we're gonna have these silly conversations about colorism. Period. Point blank, man. Yeah, Rashida Strober, Rashida Strober got her a light bright. For those that don't even know who Rashida Strober is, Lord have I mean, me and Nick. We listen. We've been in some YouTube wars, y'all. Don't, we've been in wars, y'all. Y'all would never have heard of. Okay, <laughs> we've been in wars that you guys would never have known existed. Okay, let me look. Let me show y'all Rashida Strober, cause I got time. Y'all blame Nick for this. Look, uh, y'all, y'all blame Nick for this. But this is Rashida Strober. Where's she at? She calls herself a dark skin activist. This woman has the nerve to call herself a dark skinned advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen. You know, if you catch me in on on the right phase of the moon and you put some baby oil on, on her in a bikini, I might go, just cause the way the skin would glisten off the oil, cause she's dark, right? But guess what her man complexion is? Does she, does she even post it, nigga? This is so long ago when, when when she revealed them to us. I don't think she's gonna post them. Cause she know, you know, we roasted her the first time for having a. He's a light skin, y'all. He's high yellow, I don't think she gonna post him. You know, let's do this. We we were on a stream, and I I'd asked her. I said, "What complexion is your is your is your guy?" Sure enough, he's a he's a high yellow ass nigga. Man, boyfriend, what, do we do we have it? <laughs> do we have it? now we don't no. where where's her guy at no i don't think she posted any pictures of the nigga but she she admitted she had a her, her guy was lights it was a, was a yellow you understand how are you a dark-skinned activist and you got a whole yeah you know, and look look they got her ass on lipstick alley look at this shit they got her ass on lipstick alley I've been watching a few of her videos and she seems bitter it's like it would have been better if he cheated on her with a dark-skinned woman the fact that he cheated is more telling than who he cheated with i think she has mental problems you know what can we go to her youtube channel we should we should we should and she has a, a she has a a, a a a villain's origin story like everybody you know she got clown for her looks in high school You know she's trying to be an actress all that extra shit you know what let's come on yeah y'all blame nick for this shit we're going down every street a strober rabbit hole come on youtube why nick why why nick why why'd you even bring this woman up why nick why why did nick even bring this woman up but this gotta be 9 nah. nah she got way more than twenty yeah no nah, that can't be her channel damn she's laying seven thousand that's because she'd be more than that but anywho this is uh if I was light skinned white I bet I wouldn't be ugly right <laughs> let's see what other videos she got new. I know she got some new stuff I know she does. Dark skinned ratchet hog mall ass postal clerks with racist darkest nasty attitudes must go this woman is You know what let's see what she's talking about Let's see what she's talking about Uh, Ernita She's on Facebook. I'm about to go do an interview with her. She has a listen yeah, I would have to be dumped by the light brights. And I had to be in a, a, a tailspin of just depression and drinking. And like I said, if the phase of the moon cycle is right, if we're in a super moon, blood moon, blue moon, and she catching on the right night and she throws some baby oil on herself in a bikini thong, I might, I might, I might. I said, I might. Okay, I might. Why are you gunning for Marvin Gaye? Listen, Marvin Gaye did it to himself, bruh. I'm just here reporting this information. Wonderful event that's coming up. Um, be- now, I'll be the first to say, Rashida is not an ugly woman. It's her attitude. Once again, for you all you guys that are like, who's this, why it's me and Nick have been through galactic YouTube wars. You understand? Okay. We've been through it with people you have never heard of, okay? This, <laughs> we've been through it. Everybody that's popping now, Cynthia G's, and and, and not, we've been through, listen. We've been, we've been through this with them, okay? We tried to stop them. <laughs> we tried to warn y'all years ago, the Red Coast were coming, okay? Posting the event on my page, and um, it's gonna be, I think it's April 22nd. Don't poke me now now once again all my ladies that are into fashion and beauty y'all know good and goddamn well Why do dark-skinned women continuously put on bright red lipstick that d- does not work? You look like a golly wall doll. Okay. I Don't want to be this mean person if you are dark complex complex assistant stop putting on bright red lipstick on you you look like a gollywog doll people from the south know what i'm talking about you know what see i you know what i'm talking come on man yeah 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 i'm going there yeah y'all don't see i gotta move this stream to to spotify now oh follow me on spotify please (laughs) please follow follow me on spotify kaliwog yeah i'm gonna do this i'm going there yeah yeah didn't y'all watch um didn't y'all watch motherfucking um what movie was that? Tales not Tales from the Crypt. This is this is what y'all look like Come on man I ain't trying to be mean but this is what y'all look like when y'all do this please stop doing this Nothing but the usual what's Ugh. This stop, stop. Once again, Rashida Strober is not an ugly woman. If Rashida Strober caught me on a super red blood moon, you know what I'm saying, and and the stars is aligning, and and all my light brights kicked me to the curb. The wife said, "Get out." If Rashida Strober catch me, I I got dumped by all my light brights, and she put on some baby oil and a and a, and a bikini thong. I might go. I might. I might go. I might go, but stop doing this. Stop, you look like this. Okay? (laughs) Tales from the hood, the sequel, part two. There was the gollywog story when the giant gollywog doll came to life and was killing the white people. Who saw Tales from the hood. Okay, I, I, I got you. Hold up, I got you. I got you. Tales from the hood. I got you. I got you. This was the killer gollywog doll in the movie. Think I'm playing? This story was the killer gollywog doll. This one black girl hanging with a bunch of white supremacists, and they used to make fun of her. And make her do racist jokes at her expense. And they go into the store. It's this old, ancient, old store. And it's this gollywog doll. They make fun of the gollywog doll. The gollywog doll comes to life and kills them all. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. Rashida Strober, you're not an ugly woman. Okay? And if if all my light brights say, slide, not tonight. And the wife says, you know what? Get out. And if there's a super red blood moon, and, and, and you put some baby oil on you, I might go. Okay, you're not an ugly woman. Okay, what? You ain't never. Se- what? You, ne- <laughs> sis, you from the soil. How you I mean? What you mean? You don't. You never seen this. What you mean? What you mean? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> Y'all never seen that for real? Yeah. Part two. It came out. I don't know seven eight years ago see see okay you remember okay you know what let's do this let's do this oh I can't stand y'all right now I can't stand y'all right now this is why my channel stayed demonetized because y'all be making me do weird just bad stuff making fun of people where is it at where is it at I'm gonna find it Hold up, I'm gonna find it. Tales from Hood 2. Golly, there we go. Here we go. Don't say I ain't never, don't say I ain't never blessed y'all. Don't say I ain't never blessed y'all. Don't say ain't, ain't no excuse after tonight.
1: This is crazy. <laughs> it's not as crazy as that. Ah! <gasps> Dobby, look. Uh oh. No, that is insane. Huh. Coon chicken in. Okay, so this is the door that people came in through when they wanted some chicken.
0: See, <laughs> see, see. The Colonel's see? chicken. See? You can like your
1: fingers, <laughs> but that guy. <laughs> <isn't you? laughs> mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> and this, this is like what?
0: <laughs> see, see the black girl that hang with the white folks and make fun of black stuff.
1: Uh, well, yeah, actually. I mean, it looks
3: like that. (laughs) Who indeed. Slave masters used to brand their property with a hot iron. Uh Uh-oh. But as we became free men and women, America needed a new way to mark its property. Uh Uh-oh. A new way to control the Negro, keep him in his place. Okay. So instead of hot coals and metal, they used pen, paint, and ink. No branding iron necessary. Come this way.
0: Okay, wait, let me find the clip. Let me find the clip. Hold up. I'm gonna find it. Don't you worry, I got you. Is this it? Is it the clip? Ah, Dan, nah, 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 I need to find the actual clip when he's trying to kill them. Is this it? I think this is it. Assholes, uh, Forcing themselves into this dusty ass. Free stand commentary. Commentary. I don't care How about
1: about eight the... hundred.
0: Others have over thousands, and I tell them all the same. No, this poor, misshapen creature
3: was given life by a white English woman and nurtured on the tent of racism. Okay, a foul aberration. So refuses... this
0: dial ends up, it grows big and, and begins to hunt him down and kill him. The dial is meant
3: resuscitate
0: Let me. Find, give let you. Let me. her older like brother find. to help break in the museum later that night. I'm okay. So, okay, here it comes. Oh. <laughs> Seeing that her bestie was okay, Snowflake
3: quickly goes to retrieve the dog, but it seems like she's been cut. Oh. There
1: you are,
0: golly. Hi. Oh Audrey, you're bleeding. Okay, okay. So? The dog's first victim was the sister. Yeah. Oh, fucking well, because yeah. she was on some Uncle Rookie shit. The next victim was Snowflake's brother, getting lashed to death with the an ancient slave whip. After seeing her people get executed by this dog, you're not going to believe what this simple asshole does tried next. To make out with.
2: Don't you know that you were always my favorite? Hey, don't you know that I love you?
0: Look at this shit.
2: Can't you just love me?
0: Can't you just love me?
2: Can't we just love each other? Bruh. Huh?
0: Bruh.
3: The story tragically ends with Snow giving birth to the dog
0: kids while losing her goofy ass life in the process. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. 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 Follow me on Spotify, please. Even if you don't listen to Spotify, just follow me. Just say, just hit follow. Just, and then leave it, okay? Just go to Spotify, super Slide 75. Just hit follow. Don't even listen to it. Just hit the follow button. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Just follow me. I don't, I don't want you to listen to it. I don't need all the watch numbers. I just need the followers. Please and thank you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Y'all have never seen Tales from the Hood too? <laughs> I'm so disappointed in y'all. I'm so disappointed in y'all. Shame on y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think I'm out. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody that donated. He uh, <laughs> said Dawski. You never, really? Wow. It was horrible. Oh it was, oh, it was, it was atrocious. Oh, the part one is a classic. Everyone knows it's a classic, but th- this, this, the sequel, trash. It was so bad. You didn't like the first one? Oh. <gasps> You didn't like the first one for real i loved it what what do you say you want this shit now you're in this shit <laughs> and they turned into the motherfucking yeah. oh that's a classic i mean because the messages were pretty you know it was it wasn't mad deep but i, I, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it for what it was and that's how red bones are created yes sir. indeed yes indeed It was way, it was a way bit odd. It wasn't just a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, go, go check out. (laughs) Go check out Tales from the Hood, too. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm out. Y'all have a good night. I'm back. We'll do this again tomorrow for sure. Oh, I have a bit of good news to share with y'all. Okay. By all means, what's the, the first one was trash? What? The first one was trash. Y'all do do know, like that was executive produced by Spike Lee, right? Y'all do know Spike Lee had a hand in that. Yes. Right. You, You do know that was, yeah. Okay. Skeletor key was good. Indeed. It was good. That was good. That was good. Indeed. 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 Okay. I'm waiting for Larry to share the good news with us. My man, Jerry, thank you for the 22 in the cash. Yeah, brethren. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, congrats. Okay. Speech impediment is all is all the way gone. Okay. So in, in, enlighten me, what exercises did you have to do? to help alleviate that was a lot of enunciation pronunciation exercises certain words you um, yo yo clue us in Sh- share 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 with us that's what i'm saying part 1 is a classic part 1 is a classic yeah og make it make sense everybody knows tales from the hood is a classic movie like it's it's top 10 hood urban movies ever yeah yeah I don't know about snakes on the plane, but I know a, he was he was one of the executive producers on um, "Tales from the Crypt. You know what I'm saying? So, what? You listen, it, it sounds like you light-skinned folk hating on "Tales from the Crypt. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like a lot of you light-skinned people hating on "Tales from the Hood" right now. Is that is that what we have? Is that what we got right now? Light-skinned hate for "Tale" for "Tales from the Hood." That's what we, that's what it sounds like, y'all. Sound we got light-skinners. Sound like, like <laughs> sound like we got light skinners in the chat not liking Tales from the Hood. It sound like we got light skitters. It sound like we got light skitters. Yeah, the first one is a classic. Like, without question. What? That first one's a classic. Damn what y'all talking about. Damn, what y'all talking about? So I'm just waiting on i waiting on Larry to give us uh, his regiment. To uh, that's awesome, bro. The scene with the dog got them light skinned. Man, listen, that's how light skinners come to be. <laughs> that's the ugly truth. <laughs> that all that Yakubian shit. <laughs> that's how light skinners come to be. <laughs> All right. Okay, oddly enough, there was nothing I could physically do that would improve my speech, time, patience, and perseverance is what did it. and never stop That's dope, bro. Congrats, man. After 33 years, hey, it's never too late. That's what's up. Commendable. Ah, 33. Yeah, so you right on time. You're right on time. That's what's up. Is Tales from the Hood offensive to the light skin? It must be. Everyone talking about it's trash. Like it, it got to be. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't, wasn't enough light skin cast, n- not enough light skin diversity. I don't know, bruh. I don't know. But, um, yo, I wish Chaz was here. So I finally got around to watching um the end of the Mayans. I know I'm late, but I finally got around to watching the season finale of the Mayans. I'm so conflicted. I'm I'm upset because they basically treated Easy like Caesar. Right? So after Easy got the Mayans over the hump against the Sons, they won the war. He killed Isaac, all that shit. The old girl, the former the former cop ran to the crazy white dude from the Sons, the prosecutor guy, and was like, "Yeah, Easy's the rat." He's a he's a CI, right? And then I, I thought once Easy had keep had Creeper killed by the Iron Iron War that the secret wouldn't get out. But man, after they patched in uh, Nestro, uh, and they they hemmed up him and uh his brother. I was like, oh, come on, man! So they all stabbed Easy, man. I was like, oh, you ain't the only one that reads Shakespeare, motherfucker. And he stabs Easy. I was like, this is some bullshit. Man, I'm so pissed. I'm so, the only, and then, and then, they send goggles, because Easy Girl, Easy Girl, he, she was pregnant, right? She didn't tell him just yet. He's like, oh, what, what's wrong? Why are you, why you giggling? Oh, nothing's wrong. Everything's all right, right? And they send goggles in to kill his girl, and she's pregnant. Oh, hell no. What in the hell? And then it was cool seeing old girl from uh, uh, uh Jax's baby mama. It was cool seeing her in there for a few minutes, you know? So they killed. They made his brother. What's his brother's name? I forget his brother's name. They was like, yo, did you know? Did you know? Did you know? And Easy's like, he didn't know, even though his brother did know. Like, yo, this man took y'all to the mountaintop. Who cares if he's a rat? Because without him, you, you wouldn't have the pipeline with Iron War, right? You wouldn't have won the war against the Suns. You know what I'm saying? Alvarez couldn't get the job done. That's why y'all voted to do the kill switch, to put easy in his detective. Oh, man. I was, oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, man. So, Easy's like, "It's okay, bro. I forgive you to tell tell my nephew about me and tell him about mom." Ah, and they so they made him stab Easy first, man, and they all took turns stabbing him and shit. You ain't the only one who reads Shakespeare, motherfucker. So the bro, so his brother passed out. He passed out. The he he. he you know, he turned in his cut. So he, he did live his life with his son, whatever man. And then, you know, they had the meeting and then you see the blush. Ah, but the the, the only good thing I like the feds came in, ATF came in and pretty much killed them all. Man. ah, fuck that show, dude, man. Fuck that show. Bro. I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed. I, I, I thought after everything he done did for all, Everything Easy did for the Mayans, man. Everything he did for the Mayans. And his and his 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 CI shit had nothing to do with the club. We've already established that. He wasn't. They weren't. Oh man. Oh. oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm over it. Yeah, man. Easy was a, easy was a G with it. <laughs> easy was a G with it. Easy was the rulest motherfucker on that. Y'all don't understand right now. I, I'm sitting there watching this shit like, oh, they're really going to do this? This Caesar thing? So when ATF pulls up, and they get into a shootout, and they pretty much all got killed. Oh, fuck this show, man. I'm so I'm so pissed. But this is what happens, because Kurt Sutter had left the show, like in the season two, season three, he left. he left the show, even though he still gets his credits. For whatever reason, he left, whatever the case may be, but I'm so pissed at the ending uh, of how they did this with my hands. I'm so pissed. I stayed off Reddit on purpose to not read the spoilers. I wanted to see it for myself with fresh eyes. And then homeboy's wife, homeboy's wife, the the, the drug kingpin, that's a CI for the feds. She pulls a 180, kills him in the bodyguard. And it's miraculously the way uh, off the camera, the, the 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 ring footage. It looks like a murder suicide. I was like, oh, oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh, oh lord. Yeah. Uh, how you going? You done send goggles in to kill his woman that is pregnant. The dog is all bloody. Hops out. Old oh girl sees the dog. She goes back to the to the sisters. No more biker shows. I'm done. FX, no more biker shows. N- unless you're going to do a, a, a Sons of Anarchy prequel with the with the original nine. I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. FX, no more biker shows. Unless you're going to do the, 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 the original Sam Crow nine. God damn it. I want a prequel. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, my heart, my chest, my head. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all, for spazzing like this. I was I was so fucking pissed. I was so I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like what am I watching? I'm yelling and she's wife looking at me crazy and I'm just like she don't understand because I you. Okay, that rants over. Rants over. Yo, I'm hearing good things about it. I need to go check it out, you know. I'm, I'm hearing good things about that it's it's actually good. You know what? Dirty secret. I actually like Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. I wish they had did the second season. I was actually getting into Cowboy Bebop. And and they canceled it. You know, Netflix being Netflix, they will cancel some shit just on because just because they can, you know. So I'm going to check out uh One Piece. I hear I hear good things about it. I hear good things about it. Listen. Don't give me no more biker shows unless it's the prequel With the original nine, I don't want nothing else. Okay? FX, sit your ass down. Don't tell Kurt to write nothing but that damn prequel show. If it ain't going to happen, don't give me no more biker shows. I don't want nothing about the Grim Bastards. I don't want nothing. No no more spinoffs. No more spinoffs. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Cowboy, I I wanted to at least give me a second season of Cowboy Bebop. Like it was getting its groove in. You know what I'm saying? chainsaw heads crazy i've been meaning to get into that you can't get into one piece wow i i think if you're a fan of the tv uh of the, of the, of the manga i think you get into it but I'm, I'm gonna check it out just just on gp so you know uh, all right i'm gonna get out of here for real for real i talked my head off long enough and i'm sorry so um yeah thank you everybody thank y'all we back and uh i'm gonna get out of here it's late right it's late for y'all 10 o'clock Ten thirty. so um we'll be back again tomorrow yeah y'all have a good night peace